Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome to episode 119 of the Game on Australia podcast. My name is Pete. No Dan this week. He's still off in Vegas. But you know what? Even though that's the case, we're still going to talk about bloody gaming because what do we bloody love? Bloody gaming. And you know it. I hope you're singing along with it. What else do we love? Well, having the opportunity to get stuck into the great people that work in this industry right around the country and learn more about them and their stories. Earlier this week, I had the chance to catch up with the Coles. You might know that name from a development company called Transsolar Games. They just put out a game recently called Hero U, Rogue to Redemption, and you'll be able to see that review by our man, The Historian, one of our content creators online now at GameOnOz.com and across our Game on Australia social media as well. We organized an interview with the Coles. It was meant to be a part one and that was it. But we got stuck into talking to them about so much about the industry. We didn't even get a chance to get to Hero You Rogue to Redemption. So it's going to be a two-parter. We're going to check back in with them as soon as we possibly can and get the other half of that recorded and bring that to you in the coming days. But right now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to you, Jamie Bodica, who is the co-founder and owner of MC Esports. Welcome to Game on Australia, Jamie. Thank you, Pete. Thank you for having me today. So tell me a little bit about yourself before we get into MC Esports. As far as I understand it, um, not a gamer in the standard sense. Yeah, that's correct. So my background is nursing. Um, I, I currently work for a development company outside of like the nursing industry. Um, as well as that, that, that's my nine to five. Um, I get home, my partner and I, who is also the, the co-founder and owner of MC, we own a construction company together. Um, and then, and then after we finish with that stuff, we're, we've got MC. So yep, that is the, the grind where well, you know exactly what you're talking about. So, okay. <laughs> This is gold, right? Because a lot of people don't understand that gamers and esports fans and the people that work in this industry come from all walks of life. They, we tend to get lumped in with that whole mainstream media thing of we, we're all gamers from the age of five and we sit in a dark corner in our rooms every night playing Fortnite. Like that's, <laughs> that's apparently what gamers are. But this is extraordinary and let's get into this. How does somebody who... 
whose nine to five job is nursing and caring, um, which yep. is a extraordinarily spectacular career. So um, well done to you. How does that Thank come you, about Pete. to starting an organisation in esports like MC? Look, I, I think we're we're very lucky to to come into this industry. It's it's an amazing industry, and just by luck. So. I guess uh, my younger brother, he was one of those gamers that sat in the dark corner and mum was worried because he was a 15-year-old and, you know, trying to understand why he was always on the PC. So uh, my partner and I, we sat down with him and, and tried to educate ourselves on, you know, what's going on, what is he actually doing? And he explained to us that he was playing CSGO at a competitive level. He was underneath an organisation. And... Um, and that really got our interest. So from the business background of the construction company, we, we looked into the industry and saw that esports, you know, there's so much potential and so much growth. Um, and time went on and, and, you know, my younger brother, unfortunately, uh, within the CSGO scene, it's, it's not unheard of. You know, he was starting to cop a bit of a abuse from the owner of the organisation. So mm -hmm. we spoke we spoke to the players and... And said, "We'll take you on. We'll, we'll." They were at a very, very amateur level, and we said, "You know, we'll, we'll give you the resources you need. We're not going to try and pretend we know something that we don't. We'll give you the resources, whatever it may be, and we'll look after you and make sure that, I guess, set them up for success. Because they, that a lot of esports players at a young age, starting out, you know, they haven't worked. They haven't had that." professionalism around them so you know really mold them into to the best players that they could possibly be yeah and you know you look at something like an afl for example and the waffle league or sandfall or kneefall or the you know yep. like whatever around that i mean there's there's um over a hundred years worth of grassroots yep. coming up right through the mid-tier right into the elite scene of that and uh, rigorous models worked out and all of that sort of stuff and, mm. and you know, protective resources around these guys who are essentially kids, you know, when they're drafted, yep. 16, 17 years of age. And that's very yep. much something that we're starting to see um, evolve in the esports space as professionalism starts to take over. These yep. things are really starting to become something that need to be serviced. And I, I think it's great that you guys saw this hole in the market and said to yourselves, we're going to get into this from a... <laughs> business point of view um going back to that moment where you guys wanted to educate yourselves and wanted to know more what were some of the things that um you felt were debunked some of the myths about gamers and gaming and esports were debunked in your mind from sitting down there and being able to educate yourselves oh, what debunked I, I i think a lot of like you said earlier you know games that they have no social skills they they stick to themselves um thinking that when they're on the PC or whether it's PlayStation or Xbox, whatever it may be, that they're just playing with themselves. There's no interaction with other people. Um, that was probably our biggest eye-opener because when we did pick up this team, um, we would speak to them every single night and form relationships with these players. And it was quite odd when to think about, you know, we had them all fly over from around Australia and you, the moment we met them, within five minutes, it, it was it was like we'd known them for years. Mm. Um, so there's a lot. There's some strong relationships within the community. It doesn't matter what what platform of game that they're playing. Um, that was our biggest debunker that they do have social skills. You know, they they are socialising. They're not just playing by themselves. It is there's a network of people 
um, beyond that screen. And once you actually start to dive a little deeper, once you start to realise things like they do have social skills, then it's easy to start picking into the other things that they passively start to skill up in as they continue to go forward. Like I have done extensive work over here on the West Coast um, in youth esports and seeing things like the the sort of kids who are pinned by their by the the other students around who play, you know, footy and soccer and all that sort of stuff and teachers and their parents who who think, again, going back to that idea of they just sit in their rooms in a dark space playing Fortnite, yelling into a microphone. Um, No, you start to see the other things that come out in them, like leadership qualities by the captains of these teams and um, strategic analysis when they're going through and doing things like reviewing their games and working out the best way to move forward and be successful as things go on. There is a lot of things under there that are are, are just fantastic things for these kids once you start to scratch the surface. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. We our, our, our minds were blown. We, we had the players come over and there was a bit of a boot camp. And sitting down with the IGL, which is the in-game leader, and and the amount of work and, and, and thought that goes into that position alone to make one round work, it's just it, it's amazing. And these kids are 17 years, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old that, you know, you've got your traditional sports that has that, that game, the, the level of of sport, like football, you've got strategy and everything like that. But with some of these games, the strategy and the review and everything like that, it's, it, it takes it to a whole new level. Mm. It's, quite, it's quite amazing to see. As MC Sports, because it sounds like, you know, the MC Sports sort of came about because you saw that that gap there where you fed, you know said to yourselves, okay, these guys need to be managed properly by someone with a mm. bit of commercial now, so that's something that we can do that. You've been at it for a couple of years now. How has MC Sports, uh, MC Esports evolved over that time? Dramatically. Um, and I think we have no one else to thank except for the people that have come on board with MC Esports and the community itself. Um we started with a very, very, they were at the bottom of an amateur league. It was the first league that they ever played together, you know, in CS. Um, and we were able to do something quite unique. Uh, for, for those that don't understand or don't know much about CS and the community, you know, a lot of teams, there's a high percentage of teams after a season, if they weren't successful, they disband. Which you don't, that's something you don't see in traditional sports. It's something that's seen a, a lot more in esports. So we were, we were, lucky enough and it took a lot of hard work and and time to get them from an amateur level over those two years then to get to to players at a professional level which as a team and as an organization and the loyalty it's something is that's quite unique and we're quite proud of um as well as that you know we came into it for the players and for the community because we saw there was just there was just so much that needed needed doing within the community. Um, and now that we have the resources behind us, the team behind us, we're able to now finally give back to the community and give back to grassroots, which is something so important to us. And the community, over the course of the two years, have come aware that we are such a community-based organisation. So we just hosted our, our first land uh, under MC Esports in Sydney, which was a huge success. And now we're taking that circuit around Australia. So in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be heading up to Brisbane to to give back to the CS community and and, um, give back to grassroots as well. Because without grassroots, you don't don't see... If you've got no grassroots, you don't have have that... The scene, you know, slowly, slowly dies away if you don't have that new 
new up and coming talent coming through. So yeah. I think that's something to be nurtured. Um, this LAN network that you guys are putting together, it sounds extraordinary because I've heard good things about your first LAN, as you mentioned, very successful event in Sydney. Now you're going up to Brisbane. You're taking it around Australia. How far around the map are you going? We're going, we're, we're heading, heading your way. So our, we're not too sure with logistics. We don't have any sponsors or investors on board. Um, with us, it's, it's coming out of, you know, our, our nine to five jobs. Um, so we will be. We, we put it on the shirt, so we'll be heading to Perth. The furthest we'll be heading is to Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, um, and, and we'll stop over in Canberra. We'll, we'll give give them a land. Have you guys um, got these dates locked away yet? Like, a, like when are you? When would you be coming over to Perth? Perth, we're looking around end of October. So I, I believe that there's there's packs and things like that. So we don't we don't want to. We don't want to interfere with other, you know, events that are going on around the country as well. So, mm. you know, you've got Gfinity, you've got, you know, IEM coming up as well. So, <clears throat> we're looking for Perth more, more like the end of October, early November. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, I point Perth out because that's where we are. There, we're over in the west coast, and yeah. um, there are things starting to move here. But you know, obviously, because of the the nature of how far we are away from everything yeah. else over on the east coast, and where all the headquarters are of the big pubs and developers and all that sort of stuff, and you know, it, we're a little bit behind everybody else. So it's it's just fantastic to see that you guys are making the move to get over here and in, incorporate Perth into this yeah. as well. You should. There is a huge community of gamers and esports fans over here that want to get involved. Um, yeah. CSGO is one of those games where it is just fantastic. It's fantastic to watch. It's fantastic to hear shoutcast. It is fantastic to shoutcast. And, of course, the competitive play when you get two teams that are very close to each other in talent um, is, a, is a brilliant spectacle as well. But one thing that always tends to dominate the headlines about CSGO are things like toxicity. Now, how are you guys as an organization dealing with the things like toxicity in CSGO? I think one one of the things that that we believe, and that was one of our big driving forces as well, taking out you know giving back to the community, is I believe well, we we believe as 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 an organisation and as a team that having these land events um, at this level, I, I feel like that does take away a bit of that toxicity. You know, it's easy to type away at the keyboard and 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 say certain things to players online, but when you're brought face to face, you're either not going to show up to that land and you start slowly. Um, move away from CS mm. or it, it makes you rethink what you're about to write on, on your PC to, to that player because you know, you're know you going to be seeing them at the next land. So that's, I think, bringing that community together, making it stronger and removing anyone that doesn't want to be part of the community and just want to break it down and, and be negative. So land is one of those things, bringing those people face-to-face. Um as well as that, we, we have our core values. And what we've seen recently, we, 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 um, after the, the team that we've had for two years, that we've, we've all gone our separate ways. But we still keep in contact with them. Um, we've, we had them over at our Christmas party. Like, we're still a very strong family base with some of them. Um, it, it, was, it was seen in the community um, that we were now looking for another team. And we had about a dozen teams contact us. Uh, over the last month or so, and that was just true to our core values of of we would prefer a, a, a player that's of a lower skill level but has those values that that is 
I understand what you're making. Um, like yeah, you're, you're building a culture here. Like that's culture, that's yeah, what that's, you're doing. You 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 would rather have a player who you guys can can start from the very basis in terms of because yeah. like you know there is something to be said for um, skills and talent and and yeah. natural skills yeah. and talent, but a lot of it is training and um, practicing and being consistent and all that sort of stuff. I mean, a lot of these skills are things that you can learn and develop over time, but there is one thing that, as far as I'm concerned, in this industry that you can't teach, and, um, it, you know, you have to have a very good grounding in it in the yeah. first place, is is people with inherently good values when it comes to yeah. participating yeah. in tournaments and um, talking with people that they're competing against and, mm. you know, not not having that natural inkling to if they get done and if they're out um, to quickly jump on and be a keyboard warrior. Exactly right. Exactly. And another thing of why we started this organisation, it set the standard not to only the players but to the organisations that are within the industry as well because it's not just – it's not just as simple as the players are toxic as well. Like it it, it starts – it starts from the top and it needs to be brought down because if, if, if you're seeing that only organisations that, that they're setting the standards, they won't take rubbish about unprofessionalism and, and toxicity, either the players are going to leave CS or they're going to be able, they're going to adapt to that and go, you know what, I'm going to, to become a better person. I'm going to set myself in a professional way because if I don't, you know, my, I, I won't have a CS career in AU. Because Absolutely. the organisations aren't looking for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And as look things as and as this industry becomes more and more commercialised, and mm. as endemics and non-endemics take a good look at these um, these lands and these organisations, and um, you know, there's got to be a modicum of understanding under the the people who are playing in these in these partic- in this particular industry that one thing that they're going to be looking for is. Um, brand value coherence, you know, and, yeah. and like a, yeah. a really strong brand coming into the market and going, we want to sponsor your land. The last thing that they want to see is those that, uh, that moving away from those really good values of good sportsmanship and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. They don't want that because they don't want that attached to their brand. Exactly right. Exactly. So are you um, guys teaching your team about things like the, the fact that the space is becoming ever commercialized and are they getting a good sense of, how brands work within the space as well and, and what it means to build your own personal brand and align yourself? Yeah, yeah. So we work probably, like, for us personally, Jordan and myself, we we know we know our strengths and we know our weaknesses, I think I mentioned earlier. Um, so we don't we don't meddle in gameplay, but we majority of what we do is outside of the game and even a lot outside of esports and how to present them. And we have, we have this discussion on quite a regular basis with all our team members and the players themselves, that what we're, what we're asking and what we're, we're trying to, to provide for them is not for our brand because at the end of the day, if they, they need to understand that they need to develop their own brand because if they were to leave our brand, you know, they, we, we, our job as an organisation is to make sure that if they were to leave us, they have the best chance possible because we, we were able to assist them building their own brand to be picked up by another organisation that is going to do great things for them. Yeah. Um, so, so we have said that, and 
it ha- they are they are some of your difficult conversations for some of those players to to understand that they are a brand on their own and what they say on social media, it does have an effect. It does people see see the things that are posted and you might not think that you need the opportunity now from from whether it's you know organisations sponsors whatever it may be, but the time will come. So you yeah. need to. That, that, that's a very, very important thing that we try to, to teach them and, and get them to understand that it's not, it's not about us. It's, it's about their own image. So. Mm. And how your career takes off after that and where it goes. Then you, exactly. you place yourself in the best position possible. And you make a really interesting point about the social media side of things because obviously a lot of these kids coming into this, particularly that we've been talking about grassroots, they're incredibly young and they've got a lot to learn and it's it's very easy and almost nothing for them to jump online and be a part of that sort of groundswell of um of uh well it might be cyberbullying or it might be um just the occasional offhanded remark about something they're not too educated in or haven't had that moral or ethical compass that somebody with a few more years on their age would have um you know it's a it's it's such a great point that you raise because it is something that they really need to consider from a very early age because we've seen plenty of um uh examples throughout general media you know of people who have gone about and tweeted something 10 years ago um, and, it comes out. and it comes out because all of a sudden they're 10 years down the track in their career. They have a lot more notoriety. People are going out there and quite literally looking for something that's going to be able to tear somebody down. So yeah. it is something they have to look for. And while we're on the subject of social media, and I, I don't know if you've um, had a chance to see this uh, over the last mm-hmm. couple of days, but one thing that's been omnipresent across social media is the reaction to the extraordinary picture that was taken for, uh, of AFLW footballer from the Blues, Taylor Harris. Have you seen that? Uh, I haven't, no, no. Right. So it's it's this picture of her and she is in full flight. Oh, I apologise. Yes, I have. Yes, that picture. Yes, I have. Right. And extraordinary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amazing and the, photo. Right. Amazing photo. And the, the, the thing that surrounds this photo in particular and that the story for somebody who's listening to this and doesn't quite understand what we're getting at here, um, the story that surrounds this photo is this. Channel 7, who have the um, broadcast rights to AFL and AFLW, um, that picture was taken by one of their media personnel. Extraordinary picture. They put it up and it just got trolled like crazy. Just some incredible, really degrading stuff was said. Um, you know, it's stuff that us that are in the, the cyber community, um, esports, gaming, all that sort of stuff, you know, I, I guess um, it wasn't a huge shock to us because we're in the industry, we're in the system. Yeah. So we see that stuff all the time. But, um, you know, what happened next was Channel 7 turned around, they took it down from their Twitter, mm-hmm. and then... Um, people started to get up in arms because even though the person who took that down was probably doing it from a point of reference of trying to protect Taylor Harris, who might have seen these comments and who eventually did see these comments and all that sort of stuff, try to protect her. I mean, the real issue is they should have been moderating the picture and going through and blocking people who were making derogatory comments and all that sort of stuff and um, hate speech and, and, yeah, just not focusing on the whole value of the picture anyway they put the picture back up and it's been shared not just here in australia now but it's gone viral right around the world and it's, it's an extraordinary picture but that whole point of of women in media 
and cyberbullying and stuff like that. You as a as a woman who is getting into this space quite heavily, um, you know, how important it is is it for women to actually come out and be a full force um, for change in this industry when it comes to things like cyberbullying? Uh, uh, very important. And I don't think it's it, it won't it can't be just one person or a couple of people or women doing this. Um, you know, women as a whole, the community as a whole needs to to stand up for that. Cyberbullying, whether it's male or female, it's 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 something that needs to be seen, needs to be fixed within the industry. I believe. Um, but there's, there's just no place for it. There is absolutely no place there. Women in games, I'm, I'm talking predominantly CSU because that, that's, that's our, what we're known for and where we've spent most of our two years. Uh, they, get, they cop a lot of back, backlash themselves. Um, and it is sad to see that there's a division within the CSGO community on a competitive level. You've got your, your female leagues and then you've got your leagues. They're not male-only male leagues, but players at the top level. Um, They're predominantly male. Yeah, that's correct. And I think I, and I, we, we had um, a female player play for us, and she was IGL. And what she was able to do, she was leading four boys in game, and she was the captain out of game. And she, she it, it was just amazing to see. She wasn't picked up because she was a female. I would like to see not a female league. I would see just like a CSGO league as a whole mm. and not this division. Um, I understand why it's happened because there is a, a lot of toxicity towards the female scene. And it's unfair because I, I personally myself, I, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to put myself in, in the player's shoes. You know, I, I can't expect or request something from a player if I haven't tried to put myself in that situation and better understand that. I jump on CS once a week. I play a couple of hours and I lobby by myself. And nine out of ten times, the abuse that I receive, um, nothing to do with my skill level. It's only when I start talking on mic and the derogatory comments that come from 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 males, from young men. Yeah. It's, 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 it's it's sad to see. For me personally, it's for a woman to make it to the top level of of the scene, it would be a difficult ride and she would need a lot of people behind her, um, I believe, to, to get there because there's still a long way to go, I think, for the females in the scene. Jamie, are you comfortable sharing some of the things that get said to you as a woman who reveals herself as a woman online when you start talking? And you don't have this to is, say them word for word, but yeah, just, yeah. just, you know. Is this PG? Because I, I, I probably can't say any. It's pretty much, it's based around me as a woman. Usually it starts off with, are you a 12-year-old boy or are you a female? Why that matters, I'm not too sure. I even I even did once, um, I thought maybe it's a skill. Maybe it's, it's not me as a female. Maybe I'm interpreting wrong. Maybe it's a skill level. So I got one of um, our players to jump on and I was on mic. He was a professional player, and that had no influence. It was, it was me as a woman playing CS:GO, and the comments—they're disgusting. Usually revolve around. 
ending 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 one's life, which mm. is really disgusting, mm. um, and just derogatory comments that you wouldn't expect to hear. Like you just can't fathom how why it's being said or how they 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 feel that that's the right thing to say. The comments I, I imagine, or so I've been told, you know, revolving around topics of uh, sexual harassment and yeah, yeah. Um, stuff like that. It, it, it is. It's a. It's a. It's a terribly disgusting part of the online community, and it's a sad thing that it happens. But the reality is that it is happened. It, yeah. it does happen, and you know, there's there there are one thing that um, that. Uh, Look, I, this comes from a place of the fact that um, I have two young daughters, right? One, yeah. one, I don't know, she looks like I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old and a half-year-old. One of them uh, looks like she's going to go on and she could be the next Taylor Harris, and the other one looks like she's going to go on and she's going to be a, a, a Jamie Boddicker of the CSGO scene. Like, that's, that's the... You know that's the reality of of the different paths that these two yeah. young ladies might choose. And I, I as their father... Um, uh, like I want them to have a future where they are um, they are critiqued uh, and commented on with respect and regard for you know professionalism um, purely by their professional standards of their workplace. Like that's that's yeah. Yeah. that's all I want for them as they move forward. If my daughter Mila wants to go ahead and become a CSGO professional. I want her to have that grassroots upbringing and mid-tier upbringing and elite upbringing where she is not experiencing the stuff that women experience today. And, and one of the things that warms my heart um, to no end is that there are people like yourself. There are people like um, Stephanie Bendixson. Um, okay. There are people like NACI and the, the Women's.GG organization. Um, yep. that are out there that are working incredibly hard to build a, a, a very strong and morally respected um, community for women, yep. you know? And, and I, think yep. it's, I think it's something that... Um, and it, the other side of the coin is, you know, not just as a father, but as a bloke, as a bloke and mm. a gamer, it's something that us blokes should be out there pushing for even harder because the, the reality is that, you know, that... At the moment, like you said, the top tiers are made up of men. Mm. So the the audience members are going to see men playing when it comes to the elite side of the sport more often than not. And more often than not, it's the men that are going to have the platform. So it is as much the women that are going to have to come out there and fight for change. It's also the men that are going to have to use that platform for change as well. I agree. I agree. And and like being online, it's I'm not saying that it's all the males, but... When a male does speak up, when in my experience, when there has been a, there has been a player, say one every ten games, a man will or a young young man will, will stand up and and say, you know, call call these boys out for what they're saying to to me and other females, and then they start getting harassed as well. Mm. So I, I don't want to don't want to generalise and put all all males or all, all male gamers under the same umbrella because they're. There are amazing men themselves that are out there trying to push for change as well and, and, and stand up for women when disgusting behaviour um, happens. So I would, I would love to see not... I spoke to one of our female players about it and we went quite in depth about it. And I said, I, I don't want... My goal for her was not to be seen as Australia's or the world's best female CSGO player. I wanted her to be seen 
as the as, as Australia's best or the world's best CSGO player. Mm. You know, I don't that they I don't want that. Oh, she's a, she's a fantastic female CSGO player. Just yeah. she's a you don't you don't say he's that guy. He's a great male CSGO player. He's no, you that, don't. You don't hear that. You just hear no. he's a great CSGO player. Yeah, yeah. So I I think we have a there's a long way to go. There's a lot of people that 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 are pushing and and are fighting for it. I think it's just time. I think it's it, the industry is such as we're, we're still in our baby stages and there's 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 a long way to go, but I believe it will happen and I hope it happens a lot sooner than you know what history has shown with with women having to fight for certain rights and to be seen as a person and not as as a woman. And I, I, it's not to also say that women shouldn't be critiqued on their work. It's not about that, but critiquing them for the, for their professional not, skills, yeah, like critiquing their, their gender. Yeah, 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 like the the mere fact that you know, it, like the, you could jump online and your your um, in game name or your gamer tag could be I am a bloke, and yeah. the you know you you keep your mouth shut for a little while and you just play the game. You're an extraordinary player, um, yeah. and you get props for for the the amazing shots you're making, all that sort of stuff. And then the moment you open your mouth. Um, you're a you're a female CS:GO player, not a CS:GO player. So it's yeah, yeah I, I completely understand, and you're right. It is a little way to go, but it's conversations like this that help to move that forward. Um, mm-hmm. MC Esports, you've been around for two years. You're doing great things, as we mentioned before. The land is going to start making its way across the country. Um, that's the last two years. What does the next two years hold for you? The next two years, I think we're we're working really hard. The team on board that that we have at MC, it's one thing that we speak about quite a lot is that this is not my organisation. This is not John's organisation. This is all of us. We all have the same goals. None of us, um, you know, it's not lining anyone's pockets. At the moment, it's just Jordan and I pumping whatever time and whatever financial things that we have in place to, to be able to keep it moving forward. What I would like to see is in the next two years that we we have a money flow. I would like to see the brands actually notice what we're doing. Um, we've spoken to quite a lot of people and that within the industry that have dealt with, you know, organisations and sponsorships and whatnot. And the biggest thing, and it's quite frustrating to see that organisations put their pitch is that they're grassroots and they're about the community mm. but have nothing to show for that and it's hurting us because that is our strong point um, you know we you don't have to be part of MC for us to, to look after you you know we've we've helped out there was a couple of years, years ago uh, one of CSGO players reached out and said that he had no home he didn't know where to go you know we, we, we took him in and looked after him and, until he was able to and help him with a, with a job as well um, I want I want us to be recognised, and I really want us to be able to make a difference. Start seeing the difference that we're we're working so hard behind the scenes to to achieve. So, with the lands and giving back to the grassroots, you know, less toxicity um, that we were able to make a difference with. The financial income, that's that's where we want to be. We want to see that financial income so we're able to provide more resources, not only to the team of MC, but to the community as well. Yeah, and um, it is a, it's a great way to be. It really is because, yeah. it, it, I mean, it shows me as someone who, 
um, is looking out over the community and looking at the orgs coming through that like I want the ones um, I want the the ones that have a, a deeper resonance with how the community as a whole is coming together to be holding the torch and passing that flame on. Um, yeah. It's yeah. very important as things go on. So look, this is uh, this is just extraordinary. It's it's been a wonderful chat. Um, we've covered some amazing topics here, Jamie. Uh, before I do say goodbye and we wrap this up, is there anything else that you'd like to say? And in particular, it'd be great to let the audience know that if they want more information about MCE Sports, this is where they go. Look, uh, firstly, thank you for having me on today. It's been an absolute pleasure and, and honour, really. You guys are doing some great stuff. Um, if any anyone wants to reach out to us, they can um, look out on our Twitter, which is MCE underscore AU. Um, for me personally, or for Jordan, um, if you wanted to contact either of us directly, my um, my at is Athena A T H E N A under uh, M C E, and Jordan is Jordan Menner. Um, that's yeah, that's. I, I just I really want to thank you for your time, Mum. The conversations that you you're having, it's it's fantastic to see. It's it's a different insight to to the community. It starts those conversations for for change. Well, it's the it's the it's the conversations we should be having as a wider community, and I appreciate you saying that. It's very kind of you. Um, Jamie Bodica is the co-founder slash owner of MCE Sports. They're doing wonderful work in the space, and as you can hear from the passion in her voice, uh, if you're somebody listening to this that has a real vested interest in the female side of things when it comes to CS:GO and the community as a whole when it comes to gaming and esports, certainly one to watch and certainly one to be talking to and, and supporting. Jamie, appreciate your time and thanks for joining us on the Game on Australia podcast. Thank you very much, Kate. Have a great day. Well, what can I say? Belter, uh, we covered some incredible topics there with Jamie. She has got so much more to say in the space, stuff that you actually didn't hear in this podcast, stuff that we were talking about off the air and about the esports space in general. But uh, I'd like to thank Jamie for being a part of the Game in Australia podcast. For you listening, thanks for getting all the way through to the end of this one. Really appreciate your ears. It's great to have you here. Hope you got a lot out of that conversation and um, it's a lot of food for thought. Don't forget to check in on all of the stuff that we're doing. GameOnOz.com. We are not far away as well from revealing our very first professional Twitch stream team. We're really looking forward to getting these guys out there. We're putting the stuff together as we speak in the background, and we've had some great feedback uh, after we put the word out and said we're looking for people. So thank you very much. Looking forward to introducing you, the wider community, to them. Um, Everything else is going to be back next week. Twitch.tv slash Game on Oz. We'll be broadcasting again next week on Wednesday night, as per usual. Apologies you didn't get one this week but hopefully the audio suffices uh, and also everywhere else. AndrewHogue.com, thank you for your ears. Qantas International Domestic and Jetstar Domestic as well. And of course, all the platforms uh, embedded to Podcast One. All right, have a great weekend in gaming. Dan will be back next week. And as we always say, don't forget to save.